This episode is brought to you by BetUS.com. Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your MLB, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BetUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code DSP125 or 200% bonuses using crypto with the promo code DSP200. Customer service pros are ready to get your phone, social, and online sports betting kickoff started now. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. All right, folks, it's game day. Ohio State taking on Oregon. And I wanted to first get this out of the way. I think that if you... Look at where Ohio State's at. I know they moved up in the rankings a spot because of Clemson's loss uh, to um, Georgia last week. And the Buckeyes are deservedly the number three team in the country, I think. I believe Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State is certainly the top three. Um, But it's very early in the season, obviously. But Ohio State, though, they still handled their business last week against Minnesota. And... um, you know, a win today against Oregon, a top 15 ranked team. I don't know if they're a top 15 team in the country, but they're certainly ranked that way right now. Um, we'll see what happens today, though, in the horseshoe. I broke down the OSU offense against the Oregon defense, and now I want to flip the switch and look at the silver bullets against the Ducks offense. Now, let's get this out of the way first. Ohio State's defense underwhelmed last week against Minnesota. And I think that I mean, Minnesota showed they could run the ball, which is an issue. But they also gave a couple of big plays to the air, and I think that uh, it, it was a good it, it was a it was a good thing for Ohio State to have to face some adversity like that before heading into this game with Oregon. So, uh, one important factor though for Ohio State today against Oregon is the health of the Buckeye secondary. They were missing key pieces last week. We just found out now Cameron Banks, I'm sorry, Cameron Brown and Seven Banks are both available. They're going to play today, which is huge news for the Buckeyes defense. They were missing those guys last week. Had some inexperienced guys in there in the defensive backfield. So having Banks and Brown there uh, is a big plus for Ohio State. Now, on the offensive side of the ball, looks like Harry Miller's not going to play the center for Ohio State, but that's another thing. But anyway, so, um, but the health of defense, of the defense for Ohio State is a big factor. We talked about Oregon's situation with um, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and how important he is to their defense. He is like the one player Oregon can't afford to lose. Ohio State, they can make up for it to lose a couple of guys, although they're going to struggle like they did last week against Minnesota if they're out. But luckily, Banks and Brown both in this week. Uh, the Buckeye defensive line, again, you know, Zach Harrison, a big play last week. But that defensive line's got to get better, more pressure on Oregon. Oregon's got a, uh, a sixth year, believe it or not, a sixth year quarterback. Uh, Anthony Brown Jr. is the starting quarterback for Oregon. He was a three year starter at Boston College. Ohio State's got to put pressure on him in order to have success today. Make him uncomfortable in the pocket, and that's all going to be on the defensive ends and also the defensive backs because if they're covering, if they're providing solid coverage in the defensive backfield and not letting receivers get open, that's going to give guys like Zach Harrison a better opportunity to move in and make big plays on the quarterback. So it's a twofold thing for Ohio State today. The health of the defensive backfield now is very significant, but also then that gives them the opportunity for the, 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 the return of Banks and Brown improves the defensive line, if that makes sense to you. So a couple things you want to see with Ohio State. I need them to stop the run. They've got to stop the run better. C.J. Verdell's a running back for Oregon. Last week in their narrow, narrow escape over Fresno State, uh, Verdell had 
Um, I think he had uh, like 75 yards rushing on 16, 17, 18 carries, somewhere in there. Nothing outstanding. Fresno State's not an elite team. Verdell, though, is their best running back. And as we saw last week against Minnesota, the way Muhammad Ibrahim ran against Ohio State before he got hurt, he was having a monster game. He had 163 yards and a couple of touchdowns before leaving the game, which certainly um, affected Minnesota's offense. But Ohio State's got to keep C.J. Verdell in check. Uh, the wide receiver position for Oregon, uh, not a lot of depth there as far as talent goes. Johnny Johnson, the third, is probably their best wide receiver. Um, but again, Ohio State now should be able to neutralize that with the with the return of Brown and Banks. I said Brown and Banks like a hundred times already in four minutes, but um, that's going to be significant for them. Talking about the quarterback again, Anthony Brown Jr. Uh, you know he, he's got plenty of experience, which Ohio State obviously their quarterbacks don't have. So experience certainly helps him out. The fact he's a three-year starter from Boston College, coming off injuries. This is his first chance to really be the starter there at Oregon since transferring over. He had an ACL issue, among other things. But um, they've got to contain him. They contain him. If the defensive backfield plays much better than last week, the defensive line will get more pressure on Oregon's quarterbacks, and Ohio State should be able to um, consistently control that line of scrimmage and put Oregon in difficult situations, third and long situations where they're going to force Oregon to do things where Oregon, I think, likes to uh, be creative and innovative and do things on downs that maybe you're not expecting because they've got some leeway. They've got some uh, some openness because of where they're at in different situations, second and short, third and short, where you can look at it a couple of ways what they want to do. If Ohio State can put Oregon, make Oregon and, and Brown uncomfortable early, and force them into passing downs where you know they're going to pass. That makes it so much easier for the Ohio State defense to adjust to that and with all these defensive backs they've got um, that are back now. So it's a good thing there. I think the key for this game is going to be, as far as how competitive it is, will be if Thibodeau plays for Oregon. If he plays for Oregon, I still think Ohio State covers the spread. of I think it's 14 and a half now. Um, if he plays, though, I think it's very close to that. If he doesn't play or is limited in a big way, then it, again, no news on him yet. But if he doesn't play or is very limited, I think Ohio State wins this game by 21 points. Uh, so I will make my prediction now. I think it'll be an Ohio State like a 45-24 to 24 type game is what I'm saying will happen. I think Ohio State covers. I think they get the win at home. They've got way too many weapons. They're way too explosive. Buckeyes are going to roll to an easy win, I think. Uh, like I said, 45-24 to 24 in the horseshoe against Oregon. And uh, Oregon and the Pac-12, frankly, need this win. They need it bad because of how embarrassing the Pac-12 was last week. And the fact they don't get any kind of respect, for the most part, when it comes to college football playoff, because they've got a weaker conference and they don't win big games. Oregon needs this game. I don't think it'll happen, but they need this game badly, though, for the Pac-12. Um, and then as far as the other games of the Big Ten today, the two biggest ones among their all non-conference games, the two biggest non-conference games, are Iowa and Iowa State. First time that the um, they've played as both ranked teams. They're both ranked in the top ten. It's at Iowa State in Ames. And that game's going to be a battle. I think you'll see a low-scoring game there. I think Iowa ends up winning it. It'll only be by a couple of like a 17 to 13 kind of game, maybe a 20 to 14 kind of game. Iowa's going to beat Iowa State, I believe. Iowa State struggled last week in their opener. I know they've got a lot of weapons. Iowa's defense, though, is really good. They only allowed, I think, in, since last season to last week's game against Indiana, they're, I think they're giving up less than three yards of carry. I look for that to continue for Iowa against Iowa State. 
And then the primetime game, Michigan-Washington. And I'm sure when they made the schedule, they thought that both teams could be ranked in the top 25 and made it make this primetime game on ABC. But uh, Washington lost to Montana or Montana State last week. Where Montana was. So they lost to Montana last week. Um, Michigan had a big win against an inferior MAC opponent. So neither team is ranked. Michigan's on the cusp of being ranked, I believe. In this game here, look, I think Michigan's going to win the game. I think being at home is what's going to be the difference, which will help help out immensely being in front of a full, uh, full crowd in the big house. So I think Michigan wins this game. I look at it um, as a game where, you know, another game the Pac-12 has to win. I think Michigan ends up on top on this one. All right, we'll check back in tomorrow, recap the Ohio State game. and uh, But I, like I said, 45-24, mark it down. Hold me to it. We'll see what happens. Thanks for tuning in to the Buckeye Blitz. You can follow me at Fit Happens on Twitter, and uh, I will talk to you tomorrow.